Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us for this Soul Talks conversation. We are so blessed to follow Jesus with you. And today we're going to be talking about caring for discouragement, depression, low self-esteem. And this is a topic that uh, you and your loved ones all need help, guidance, and prayer with because uh, these are our tough times that we live in today. And as we go through various trials in our life, there are uh, issues that we all face in, in the universe of depression. And we're going to talk about the different types of depression and how you can get help with that. Bill, you and I just returned from being with a group of missionaries in the Paraclete group or nonprofit. We got to lead them in a Journey of the Soul retreat and to give them the model for spiritual and emotional growth that's been so helpful to us. And it was just awesome to be with these these men and women of God and get to know them and hear about their ministries and be part of what they're doing. And one of the things I love so much is these are people that are called to come alongside people and minister in ministry. And that's what we need when we're depressed. We, we can't do it alone. And if we try to do it alone, we're going to end up depressed mm-hmm. at some point or, or anxious or burned out or something. But God didn't, he didn't mean for us to do it alone. He called for us to come alongside of each other, to minister to each other, to, to have other people who are soul shepherds to us, ambassadors of Jesus to us, paraclete, all these are the same kind of, of terms. And especially when fighting depression, we especially need somebody else who can be there for us, who can empathize with us. Depression is something that, you know, I, friends, I've shared with you that Bill has struggled more with anxiety. I've struggled more with depression in our life together. That's been, that's been the mental health challenge that I tend to fall into is having enough energy, having enough motivation. I also struggle with depression because I'll turn my anger inward. Instead of being angry at somebody else, I turn it against myself. I'd rather be angry at myself because if I'm angry at myself, then I'm responsible for what happens with that anger. But if I'm angry at somebody else, I can't control their reaction to my anger. And so I'll tend to, I think this is an unconscious decision that I've made my whole life. I'll turn my anger inward and it, depre- it, it causes depression. Yeah, let's talk more about the anger turned inward because that's a basic deep understanding of depression that a lot of people don't realize that when we're depressed so often, we're like angry at ourselves, uh, judging ourselves, even hating ourselves. By self, I mean our, our emotions, our our needs, our, our inner being in places of vulnerability, sensitivity, uh, weakness. And so when we are impatient and unkind with our own self, that's a force of depression. Yes. And I, I wrote a lot about that chapter five of Your Best Life in Jesus' is Easy Yoke is my story there. And we gave tools that have been helpful to me there. A Journey of the Soul, I told some of my story about depression and self-hatred and turning turning on myself, shame, condemnation. Yeah, that's definitely a a big part of it. When I am depressed, I'm usually under a lot of shame and usually I'm not conscious of it. I'm usually feeling pretty bad about myself and I'm usually also projecting some doubt onto God. I'm having trouble with confidence in God too. 
Well, say more about the not realizing that you're turning your anger against yourself because it's a very striking statement because you're, you're a therapist, you're very self-aware, you're very uh, conversant, understanding, insightful about matters of, of Christ-centered psychology and spirituality, and yet even you, Christy, sometimes don't realize that you're, you're judging yourself or uh, starting to spin down a trail of negative thinking and feelings that have a sense of, of um, hopelessness in it. Well, an, a concrete example would be yesterday. Yesterday was Mother's Day, and I was sick, couldn't be with any family, and I felt depressed really all day, being sick, not able to go to church, not being able to be with family who were gathering together. The kids didn't send a card or affirmation or a gift. I didn't really get, I, I did get texts, you know, that they love me. And I wasn't able to be with my mom because she has cancer and I couldn't risk getting her sick. And she has terminal cancer, so it's likely her last Mother's Day. So I was very sad and depressed about that too. And so I was I was really struggling with some depression. But as I confessed with you, as I processed it, that I went to a place unconsciously of turning on myself and thinking, well, I must not be a very good mother. I must I must be failing my kids. I must, I, so there again, I was, I was turning on myself and I was feeling shame. Mm -hmm. And you didn't realize it until you talked it through with someone, keep it confidence, me in this case. And then you realized what was going on. Yeah, I have to, I have to process and I, I'm an external processor. So it really helps me to do that out loud. Sometimes journaling and prayer can, I can, I can do it that way. Um, but Oftentimes I, I need more. And one of the things I really, really need is I need empathy for what I'm feeling. I need I need to feel safe where I can get emotionally honest and aware. And then I need to receive some empathy so that I'm not just feeling abandoned and alone and turning on myself. Yeah, well, I, it's an honor for me to listen to you and care for you. And I know your friends feel the same way. And so appreciate your your honesty about that. And you're not alone. I, I know uh, many of our listeners have struggled with uh, discouragement, low self-esteem, shame, depression. And some of you have struggled with uh, chronic depression or biological depression. And we'll get into some of those differences later. But I also have, even though I have more issues with anxiety than depression, there have been three periods in my life where I was dealing with some significant uh, depression, sort of a reactive depression. Uh, not like a major depression where I couldn't function, but I had uh, in my adolescence and high school, I, w I was pretty depressed. Uh, a lot of times depressed means repressed, mm -hmm. like your, your personality is, is repressed, yeah. your, your, your energy, your, your gifts, your best self is, yeah. is repressed because uh, in my case, I just felt like I didn't fit in. I, I felt isolated. And like you were just describing, Christy, I, I turned on myself and judged myself. And then in graduate school, when I was getting my doctorate degree in psychology, particularly in the second year of my studies, I, I fell into probably the worst depression I've experienced. Uh, I was able to keep uh, functioning and continuing in school and work and so forth. But uh, I was quite bleak and gloomy, uh, negative about myself, about my studies, very disoriented about God's call in my life and very much feeling, again, like I didn't fit in 
the culture there in the school that I was in and, and some of the things that were being stressed by my professors and how I felt as a, as a Christian and how I wanted to integrate my faith and scripture and prayer into my work as a, a psychologist once I would get licensed. And uh, so I endured some, uh, some judgment from a few professors and uh, felt ostracized and it was a very hard experience for me. And so that, that went on some months that uh, was not my best self. And then when I, uh, the story I tell in, in our book, Journey of the Soul, about my wall experience in midlife, in my late 30s, where I, I, I burned out, there was some depression associated with that. It was localized around my career at the time and uh, feeling uh, frustrated and held back and like I wasn't fulfilling my, my best purposes and feeling stuck in that and disoriented and not really understanding what God was doing with me as it related to that. And so I had some depression then too. I think one of the things that's hard about depression is that it, it does tend to isolate us because of that shame piece and mm-hmm. not feeling understood. And we feel like nobody wants to be with us when we're depressed. But we're, we, we feel a low energy about us. We oftentimes maybe don't even have energy to engage with other people. It's very hard to to have energy to take initiative with anyone and ask for what we need. It's very hard when you're depressed. It's it's often feels like you're just slogging through deep, heavy mud and every step just takes so much energy and things. It's like you just see things through these dark colored glasses. You know, you kind of hear the phrase rose colored glasses, but it's like you're, it's like black colored glasses you're looking through. And everything looks distorted by the depression. Motivation is, is so hard to find motivation. And one of the things that's interesting about depression is that depression actually paralyzes us. But action is curative when you're depressed. Mm-hmm. When you're depressed, one of the most important things that, that you can do is to take action. Yeah, but it's up. the hardest thing to do. That's right. Yeah, I need to take a walk, uh, exercise, uh, get out and be with people. Uh, find some work that you can do and feel productive and some some friend to be with, to talk with. Yeah, it's very important to to get moving and to get some sort of positive momentum, uh, piggyback with a person that can sort of give you some energy or some positivity. Uh, and certainly the thing that we talk about so much in Soul Shepherding, but seeking empathy uh, and I think it'd be helpful, Christy, if we, we unpack sort of the difference between lament and complaining. Uh, this relates to yes. depression a lot. It's something yeah. that we teach in our Soul Shepherding Institute retreats and the Certificate Program in Spiritual Direction. We also have a tool for this that's in our Soul Shepherding Network for the members that uh, join our network. And so what have you understood, because uh, you've particularly said this has been very helpful for you personally, sort of the Bible study that we did looking at the Psalms of Lament and healthy, healthy grief, healthy expressions of sadness. Uh, if you could, we could sort of call that like a, a good depression that's uh, emotionally expressive and relational and uh, getting worked through then versus a complaining that, that tends towards a, a bad depression that can be the, what we think of as depression as being unhealthy and gloomy and stuck and feeling bad about myself and isolating. And so lament versus complaining really important distinction and, and I'm glad you brought that up because we can in our in our fear and our shame try to shut it all down and 
Shut down all our emotions. All our emotions Mm -hmm. and be afraid to share our emotions with God with anybody because we feel so much shame about it because they're negative and negative emotions don't feel good. And and we assume nobody wants to hear them or be around us with that because we, we, we don't want to be with ourselves when we're that way. But actually, it can be really important. And so that's part of life. Like yesterday, I did a lot of grieving and lamenting because I knew I needed to express it. I needed to get it out. And that that can actually also be very helpful and very cleansing and very orienting. Like in the Psalms, we see very often these Psalms where the, the psalmist expresses the the lament and the confession of all the 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 negative emotions, but then finishes the psalm in a, a reorientation, a reignition of faith in God and in praise and expectation and hope for good. And when we lament, we're reorienting back to that. We're, we're clinging to God, but, but God, you are my help. You are my rock. You are my shield, or you're at my right hand, or we're, we're refixing again on that, that hope in the presence of of the difficulty and the pain. We're not denying the pain and repressing it and just, you know, making statements of faith, but we're processing through, we're being emotionally honest in our prayers. Yeah. The real faith is, is moves through the dark tunnel towards the light at the end, rather than uh, denying that it's even there. And so uh, this is a tricky thing because uh, a lot of times you're implying this, Christy, we, we sort of slap Bible verses, in this case with, with depression or discouragement, we would sort of just put these positive Bible verses on top of it to be be cheery and optimistic and have faith. And uh, there's something about that that can, at least for a short term, sort of elevate our mood and give us energy, And but it's not a, a real cure because it's not emotionally honest and it's not... Uh, part of a, a true trusting relationship where there's vulnerability. Uh, faith in God is not just believing positive things. More to the point, faith in God is uh, bringing our, our deeper true self with our, our needs and, and our brokenness, our sins and our emotions, and bring that into relationship with the Lord. And so that, that's important to do with depression, not, not just putting uh, Bible verses uh, that are positive in, into our thinking and claiming them over and over and over again. And then the other thing is that sometimes we sort of minimize our, it's related to this, but we, we, we minimize our emotions when we need to express those emotions. Or we go to the opposite extreme and the emotions just sort of control us. And we, we, we find ourselves in a place where we're, we're just really negative uh, around what we're thinking and in our attitude and was sort of like let that control us, like like pity, like uh, self pity, judgments and pessimism overtake us. And so it's a tricky thing because on one hand, when, when we have experiences of of discouragement or we're not feeling hope, to uh, feel those emotions and talk about those emotions is very uh, helpful when we can uh, receive God's comfort, when we can receive compassion from a friend. But on the other hand, if we let ourselves just be controlled by those. Uh, negative emotions, that's not going to be healthy either. So we need to sort of find the midpoint between those, which is what an emotionally honest faith is. Another thing that's really been helpful to me with depression has been the Stations of the Cross in your book, Unforsaken, and being able to connect with Jesus and his pain and his suffering, because the way that you design that book with the devotions 
it, it prompts me and it provides for me to interact with the Lord in a way that I can receive his empathy. And I need that when I'm depressed. It, it, it helps me to bond with Jesus and trust Jesus when I'm depressed or I'm, I'm facing suffering. Because suffering is something that triggers depression in me. And what you're illustrating, Christy, is that whenever we're going through something difficult, uh, like depression, to bring that into our relationship with the Lord, and uh, particularly the cross of Jesus, uh, his passion, and uh, as he suffered, as he was mistreated, as he was rejected, as he experienced very uh, distressing negative emotions, the Father met him there. And he found strength in the Father. And so Jesus goes ahead of us. And so when we're depressed, we, we feel alone, but we're actually not alone. Jesus experienced the forces of depression weighing down him, uh, burdening him, putting his soul into uh, a travail. And he leads us through darkness. He leads us through hopelessness, abandonment, sin, shame. He leads us through with grief, recovery, forgiveness, healing, reconciliation with God. And so it's through Jesus that we ultimately find our expression of our our best mental health, our best freedom from depression. Uh, Of course, sometimes this includes the need for uh, medical treatment, uh, psychotherapy, uh, these sorts of things. And we do need to differentiate the kinds of depressions. There's major depression where you are uh, having difficulty functioning in your relationships and your w- work for six months or longer, and life is in a vegetative state. And there might even be psychotic features with that. And that requires medicine, that requires uh, supportive uh, psychiatric care and therapy, and a highly structured uh, life with uh, ways that you're finding support. And then there's this dysthymia, which is another clinical diagnosis for depression. And that's a long-term depression that, that uh, usually is more moderate, uh, but is significant in uh, affecting our ability to, to function in our, our work and with uh, the people that we live life with. And that could last years. Well, yeah, it can last a lifetime. And uh, that also requires medicine and psychiatric care and, and therapy. Because and there can be a genetic component. There can be a biological component in issues, even side effects of medications can cause some depression or things like low thyroid. There's physical conditions that can increase depression too, low iron, other hormonal things that can all be a play a factor in our, our emotions of depression. Yeah. So working with um, the right medical doctor, even a homeopathic doctor and natural routes or many things that are affecting our bodies with all issues of mental health, it, it's physiological and, and, and largely and that's certainly true with depression. We, according to Johns Hopkins University, 10% of Americans have a diagnosis of depression. That would be major depression or dysthymia. Now, in addition, there's like a reactive depression, which is more the kinds of things that you and I have experienced mm-hmm. that is more time-limited, and it's, it's, it's a reaction to a particular stressor, injury, or hurt. And it's usually less like biologically based and more about the circumstances and is m- much more treatable through uh, whether it's therapy or meditation, spiritual direction, coaching, uh, different exercise, different things that we can do that are helpful. And most people who are experiencing feelings of depression, it's more in that category of a, of a reactive depression. Um, so it's different to have a feeling of depression versus a clinical diagnosis of depression. 
I would say, Bill, I want to just say to you, our friends, if you struggle with depression, I want you to know that I actually am drawn towards people that struggle with depression because I find them to be safer in general than people who have never suffered a depression. Mm. When you've experienced depression and when you've suffered with that kind of pain, I think it makes you a more sensitive and a safer person for people. And also, there are people that I can recognize just by their face that they've suffered with depression. Uh, Sometimes we carry it in our faces. Mm. And you can tell just by looking at somebody. I remember with someone that I was journeying with, with depression, telling me about her favorite Christian musician and saying, and the reason why is because of his, his, he's a wounded healer because he suffers with depression. Can't you see it on his face? And when she said that, I noticed that about that musician. I was like, yes, I can see it on his face. And yes, I love his music too, because it's, he, he even sings about it often. He, he isn't afraid to be articulating in his songs the struggle and yet also the faith. It's like the healthy lamenting and healthy grieving, not the unhealthy complaining and grumbling. And so his, his music is actually ministers to my soul because of that. That's so good, Christy. I didn't heard anybody say that, that someone who's been through depression is more uh, emotionally safe and available and likely be more compassionate uh, yeah, there are so many examples. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, the, the great preacher from England, uh, he suffered with depression, and he was one of the most uh, prolific, uh, godly preachers in history. And uh, in the Bible, Jeremiah struggled with depression. Uh, Job struggled with uh, depression. Uh, the book of uh, Lamentations by Jeremiah is, is, is full of his laments. And uh, Job, the book of Job is filled with many depressive statements, and we see how Job uh, and Jeremiah both work. They have very different reasons for their, Job is personally suffering. Jeremiah is, well, he's personally suffering too, but a lot of Jeremiah's suffering is as a prophet on behalf of Israel. And But they both uh, lead us through a process of lament and reorienting our faith uh, in the Lord. And so, yeah, that's a very uh, encouraging words for those of us who have struggled with depression or are struggling with depression that, well, there is a possible benefit here of, of a softening in, in our personalities and in our hearts and a sensitizing around our relationships that we, we can be sort of deeper, more reflective, caring people. Yeah, Bill, a number of years ago, a woman who lives in our community at our church invited me to speak, and she asked me to speak on depression. And she shared with me in confidence that it's because she, she suffers with it. And I was really grateful for her heart. She had a real heart for people because she knows that she isn't alone and she, as I spoke on that, you know, she thanked me. And I have seen her a number of times in the last 20 years since she asked me to speak on depression for her group in just in our community. And I would say probably a quarter of those times that I've seen her, I've actually been feeling depressed. And just seeing her has been, has ministered to me because it's reminded me I'm not alone. Mm. And just seeing her has also reminded me of her courage to fight this. Yeah. Because I respect this person. I love her. She's a wonderful, godly woman. And so it's like there's another one out there who is following the Lord faithfully and fighting this battle, and I'm not alone. I think she's had a lot harder struggle with depression than I have. But it just, just she's an inspiration to me. 
and she encourages me. And then also, I pray for her every time I see her because I know about her struggle there. Nobody else would know that looking at her. She's beautiful. She's godly. She's a leader. She's, you know, she's got, she's wealthy. She's got a nice house. She's got, you know, good family. I mean, you, people wouldn't know this about this woman. They probably idealize her and feel inadequate. She gave me a gift that she was vulnerable with me. And it's ministered to me now for a couple decades. And it's prompted me to pray for her multiple times. Yeah, so many of you who are listening are like Christy's friend who are, struggle with discouragement and a degree of depression. You're basically functioning well in your life, but there is this this underlying sense of not having the, the hope or the energy or the self-esteem that, that you really need. And uh, that that can be very debilitating, especially if we shame ourselves over it. And that's one of the things we're really trying to do in these podcasts during the Mental Health Awareness Month is to really just try to help us all be more conversant and more compassionate around this issue uh, with other people in our lives who struggle with mental health challenges so that we, we don't judge people and so that we help people with listening and with prayers, like you're saying. I mean, in the extreme, depression is extremely serious because obviously it can lead to suicidal feelings. And tragically, suicide is such a, a, a painful, painful thing. It's people just suffering with debilitating depression and just feel like they can't get out of it and in a reactive time, just end it all. And, and they're, they're suffering. What that leaves behind for loved ones is uh, so, many, so much hurt, so much grief, uh, so, so many questions, um, and maybe anger and, uh, and shame is so hard. And, and so that's depression is a life threatening illness. Mm-hmm. And so the, the importance of getting that diagnosed when it's, de- when it's debilitating, when it's causing hopelessness, suicidal ideation, where you're not wanting to live, especially if someone has plans for attempting suicide. It's just, what you always want to do. If, if a family member, uh, a friend, a coworker is struggling with depression and you sense that, that there's a, a, a hopelessness and, uh, maybe and not wanting to live is the loving thing to do is don't avoid it. Don't skirt the issue. And in a gentle way, just ask, it seems that you're feeling depressed. Tell me more about that. Are you, are you having thoughts of wanting to die? And have you had any feelings of, of wanting to kill yourself? Uh, well, do you have a plan? I mean, you ask these kinds of questions because uh, then people feel cared for and they're a lot less likely to attempt suicide. Yes. So friends, please hear again, depression if you're struggling with it, you, you can't navigate this alone. You need help. You need support. You need people. You need empathy. You need someone who isn't afraid and uncomfortable to go there with you and to listen to you and to pray for you and to support you and to help you activate it, take action and get the help that you need. And if you're somebody who lives with somebody who's depressed, probably that's going to be hard for you. There's just going to be time you're not going to be able to do that for that person. And so you need other people. You need a team of people. You need other resources. There's all times when we don't want to be with somebody who's depressed. It's just honest. There's just times that we don't want to go there. It, it costs us too much. We don't have it to enter in with somebody else. But that doesn't mean that you're bad and you don't need or deserve somebody to enter in with you. It just means you need to go to somebody else who does have it to be there for you in your depression at that time. If you or a loved one are struggling with a clinical depression that's debilitating, uh, you need to talk with a, a therapist or a psychiatrist. And to get a referral, you can call Focus on the Family at 
the letter A in the word family, or you can contact the American Association of Christian Counselors, a, a membership that Christy and I belong to, and uh, at aacc.net on the website, on the internet. And uh, those are sources of therapist referrals. If you have a depression that's more like uh, reactive and it's more in the category of discouragement, loneliness, uh, feelings of shame or, or self-hatred, uh, Soul Shepherding, we can help you. One of our uh, coaches or spiritual directors would be happy to talk with you. And you can go on the Soul Shepherding website and talk to somebody today if you want who will be Christ's ambassador to you, listen to you, pray for you, support you, uh, and make a referral if you need uh, further and deeper help. Jesus, how grateful we are for your presence, your love. We thank you that you don't shrink away from us when we're depressed, that you don't leave us or forsake us, that you understand, you empathize, that you experience depression yourself. You were tempted in every way. You suffered in every way. So, Lord, we do pray for our friends who are struggling and suffering from depression. We ask, Lord, that you would draw very near them and help them to receive your love, your empathy, your strength, your power, Lord, and that you would send ambassadors of you to minister to them and to guide them and to support them, Lord, provide the resources they need to get help, to get care, to receive care. To Lord, we, we also pray for those that are under the accusations of the enemy, that are under uh, judgment and shame, that you would minister to them or release them from that and restore them in their identity in you and in being able to see and receive your grace, your love, your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, Christian Eric excited to let you know that we now have coaches in our Soul Shepherding ministry. If you go to our website, you can, right now you could schedule an appointment to meet with a Soul Shepherding coach. Our coaches specialize in helping you in your leadership and in your influence. They specialize in your best life in Jesus' easy yoke. How do we actually live and work in Jesus' easy yoke? And they have many different tools to help you uh, in your effectiveness, in your relationships, and in your life in your emotional and relational health. And so check us out on soulsharpening.org, uh, coaching, and uh, schedule a, a meeting with a coach who will listen to you with empathy, pray for you, and guide you in practical ways where you can make real and substantial changes in your life, in your work, in your relationships, in your ministry. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org.